Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within, to seek out new joys and new methods of awakening, to boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome once again, fellow explorers of the inner realms. We're honored to have your presence listening to us blab about the most important things in life. And I want to welcome my co-host, Brian Tom O'Connor. And I'm glad you look healthy because uh, we're going to be talking about the current age, which is dealing with lots of uncertainty, whether it's the potential pandemics that await us or the stock market free fall or recession or, or politics or climate change. There's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of insecurity about the future. And we thought that we would approach that subject and talk about how to handle that well, being that we do have the superpowers of awareness. So when I talk about the whole subject of dealing with uncertainty, Brian, what, um, what arises in your uh, certainly Einsteinian brain? <laughs> certainly. Well, you know, we're pretty much hardwired to want to feel safe and certainty makes us feel safe. And uh, belief systems are comforting because they reduce that feeling of uncertainty. And uh, that's how religions are born. And that's how religious wars are started. So like most things, there are upsides and downsides to uncertainty. So I, I imagine uh, we'll be exploring both of them in this episode. So you just said something that made my head practically explode, which I never thought of, which was that beliefs exist to help us face uncertainty and to help us to feel certain. I never really thought about that, but that's very true because we don't like to sit with this feeling of not knowing. So we create all kinds of ideas and beliefs about reality and God and, and the future to make us feel like, yeah, I kind of know what's going on when of mm. course we don't. Right. And of course the, uh, the acronym I use for belief systems is BS. And that's <laughs> what our belief systems are. And we just get so caught up in them that we think that we're, you know, fine. You know, it's interesting if you look at history, except for about the last 75 years, uh, we've lived in incredible uncertainty where you could be killed at any moment. Before 1600, half the people alive were killed by, in a violent manner. Right. Now, if we hear somebody getting killed, you know, that lived in the town next to us, we, we freak out. But that was the norm for all of history and pandemics and wars and all kinds of stuff. It's amazing that we create a society that has as much certainty and security as it does, especially since World War II. So now, um, you know, we're, we're talking at a time when the coronavirus is uh, in the news a lot, and you and I both don't know what the future will be with this. 
And it's kind of scaring people because they have not had to face this amount of uncertainty for quite a while. And it's interesting to watch how I and other people react. I, I tried to get some, um, these surgical masks and hand sanitizer in the last two weeks. I went to over a dozen stores and none of them had it. Mm-hmm. So there's panic buying, there's stock market falling. Uh, we do not handle uncertainty well. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, we don't. And it's because we don't feel safe uh, when when we're not certain. Um, as a matter of fact, um, you, you know, a psychological distress is a correlation between that and high uncertainty. But the odd thing is that uh, when we talk about these things with each other, we don't actually help because we just sort of spread the uncertainty around. Yeah. Normally. Right. And if you look at the news, that uh, can make you go from mildly concerned to outright panic in a short period of time. That's right. So, you know, the question is, how do you deal with insecurity and uncertainty? And it seems like the main way we have as a culture is just through denial. You know, there's thousands of nuclear weapons pointed our way. There's a potential pandemic that can happen any time. And we kind of just put it out of our mind. And then I've noticed with the coronavirus that it reached a tipping point. You know, the stock market was doing fantastic. And then at some point it tipped and there was a major sell-off and you couldn't, you know, you couldn't find a surgical mask no matter what you did. I went on online yesterday at Amazon to get hand sanitizer. It was a hundred dollars a bottle. Wow. So we go from denial to paranoia, which is not the most conscious way of handling life. And I think if we were better at just being with uncertainty and insecurity, which in general we're not, that we would find that middle ground of knowing right action, both externally and internally. Yes, that's true. As a matter of fact, knowing, knowing or, or actually gaining knowledge or correct knowledge or even making predictions about the future is, um, is quite difficult. And I, I was just reading a study by a guy named Philip Tetlock, and he analyzed the predictions of, you know, hundreds of world experts, and he analyzed around 30,000 different predictions over 20 years. And he found that they were no better than random guesses. But that's just overall, they were not better than random. But some predictors were better than others. In other words, some people were better at predicting than others. And he said, so what do they all have in common? And he thought, well, maybe it's their education or their training or their uh, where they lived in the world. or, or uh, And he found none of those correlated. And the only thing that correlated was that they, the ones who forecast more correctly, embraced the reality of uncertainty. In other words, they knew they had been wrong in the past and they could be wrong in the future. So they were actually more careful about their predictions. And um, it was the charismatic expert who exuded the confidence that I am right and this is th- that we're probably wrong. And so, you know, it, it, there is 
a plus side to uncertainty in that it actually helps us be more discerning in determining the truth. And maybe a little bit more humble in our approach to reality. Exactly. Yeah. Um, for people who might be listening to this uh, soon after we recorded it in, in uh, March of 2020, I do want to convey a little bit of information in that uh, if you're having trouble finding hand sanitizer or surgical masks, you can just get 91% rubbing alcohol at your local store and combine that with aloe vera gel, a uh, two-thirds cup of 91% rubbing alcohol, one-quarter cup of aloe vera gel, and you have hand sanitizer. That's all it is. Mm. And, of course, washing your hands a lot. And these surgical masks, they don't prevent the virus. They're just a way to keep you from touching your nose and your mouth. So you can use a bandana to do that. Uh, and you have protected yourself slightly from this virus or the flu or whatever might be going around. So those are simple precautions to make. And then there's really the internal way of preparing for uncertainty. You know, if you put all your hope in, in something that, you know, like your health or your money or a relationship, you end up feeling pretty uncertain because all those things eventually end. And in a strange way, we don't, you know, Jesus said something about don't put your, uh, maybe you know the Bible better than I do, Brian. But, I doubt it. Uh-oh, uh-oh, neither of us, uh-oh, we're in trouble. Um, something, don't put your treasures where moths and something can destroy it. You know, put your treasures, put your energy, put your hope, put your time in things that are eternal, like God or consciousness or awareness or love. And that's really an ongoing thing for us to, to deal with all the uncertainty of our lives. Absolutely. Uh, when we turn our attention, uh, specifically because this is Awareness Explorers, I as an example, I'll talk about the background of awareness in which all our experience appears. That is the one thing that is constant. Uh, what has noticed your experience all your life has never changed since you were a little kid. And when you shift your attention from the contents, which by nature are always changing, life is change. Life is uncertainty. When you shift your attention back to awareness itself, then you start to tap into something eternal, something more infinite. And it's always available. And it's always available. It, 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 because, it, yes, you're right, it's always there. Now, I hate uh, to be certain to, you know, to, to say I am right and I know this for certain, but it seems to me that it's so reliably there all the time that when I'm feeling really bad or uncertain about the world, I know I can go there. I know I can just rest in awareness, which is one of the phrases that a lot of teachers use, and just be that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's interesting that we've created a world where people are not good just sitting with discomfort of any kind. So we have the smartphones, we have, you know, people are always doing something. Yeah. Because once you stop that, this, what I call 
uncovered turmoil, inner turmoil of uncertainty, of, of anxiety is the first thing people notice and they don't want to sit with that. Right. Uh, so we have all these ways of covering it up, which hasn't always been the case, meaning that, you know, my parents went through the Depression, went through World War II, went through the Korean War, went through Vietnam, knowing that any moment, you know, think of World War II where you couldn't get supplies, where everybody, life was not their own anymore, right. you know, or in the Depression where you couldn't necessarily guarantee that you had food. People got used to dealing with uncertainty then. They didn't have smartphones to cover it up. So there was a lot of, you just sit with it and you share that feeling, that connection with your loved ones. And even now, a lot of people are alone. All they have is their smartphone and methods of entertainment. And we haven't developed the skill of just being with some discomfort. That's right. Just being with it, just allowing your feelings. I mean, this is, I think, the big psychological lesson that anyone needs to learn is that our tactics to avoid our feelings are what causes our, our depression or, or, um, sense of, 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 uh, things just not being right of, 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 of the opposite of well-being. But I'm also glad that you mentioned connecting with our loved ones, because I read something the other day that was really kind of a nice take on it. Actually, I heard it on a, on a TED Talk by a guy named uh, Walid Afifi. And he says that um, psychological distress is correlated to, to high uncertainty and, um, and that there's a way of handling a lot of uncertainty if we're certain about one thing. And that thing is that the person you care for the most cares about you. Mm -hmm. And he recommended thinking of someone you're close to and commit to being there with them and finding a way to let them know I'm here for you. That was his uh, antidote to um, the psychological distress of uncertainty. I think it's one among many, but a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of potential antidotes. And in the meditation today, I'll be guiding people on one. But what you said, feeling your connection to a loved one is certainly helpful. Uh, a good belief system might be helpful. You know, uh, that's how people use them. They have downsides, but yeah. some belief systems can really work for people. Um, I think having a deep connection to any spiritual practice. Now, I don't do yoga, but I know people who do, and they know that no matter what crap is hitting the fan in their life, they can do a yoga session and feel better. And that's great. Or a Qigong session and feel better. And knowing that you can find some way to peace within, no matter what's happening externally, is really a boon. But another one is... I've noticed that when I sit with discomfort and really allow it to be there, uh, I reach a place of presence and peace eventually. This might not be true for everyone, but I know I kind of like, 
you know, in the last couple of days, I've been a little bit anxious at times and I've taken the time to just sit with anxiety and wait for it to calm down and then get to a place where I'm just feeling my breath, feeling my body, feeling the anxiety and resting in presence. And the present moment is always here. <laughs> I'm certain about that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that you're right. Um, that is a, a beautiful practice. And um, because what you're doing is you're, you're dropping the, um, the strategies to avoid the feeling for the moment when you're allowing, mm -hmm. allowing it to be there. And it really is. I mean, the essence of suffering is the idea that what's happening shouldn't be happening. I mean, that is the definition of suffering. And the, the thing that's unintuitive about it is that we think it's the stuff that's happening that's causing the suffering. And that's mm -hmm. not. That might be causing pain, but pain isn't the same, of, same as suffering. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional, as the saying goes. It's the idea that it should not be there, that things should be different from how they are that causes suffering. Of course, that doesn't mean you don't do anything. If you can be of help, if you can be of service, if you have talents that you can put to use, if you have sources of knowledge where you can find out about things, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you use the term uh, suffering comes from our thinking this shouldn't be happening. So I have a new mantra I've been playing with. And when, because my mind is often thinking this shouldn't be happening. So my mantra is, this should be happening. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> and that kind of moves me to align with reality. Like, no, this should be happening. I'm positive it should be happening because it's happening. That's right. And, uh, uh -huh. It does change my, my, uh, my relationship with the present. Yeah, yeah. I remember once the first time I ever heard Byron Katie said, uh, uh, how can you tell that something that's happening should be happening? And her answer was, because that's what's happening. Yes, exactly. exactly. And it, it actually, when you really, when you really go into that deeply, it's mind blowing. Yeah. And you know, the other thing which really came, comes from Byron Katie as well is when my mind starts getting wound up about something, whether, you know, it's pandemics or recession or whatever it is, I'll, I'll say, is it true? Because we make up stories about everything. And our stories are usually not that accurate. They're very, they tend towards exaggeration, they tend towards hysteria. And I'll say, is this really true? And that will often like shortcut the story and I can step outside of it and then take a breath of air. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> but yes, that's a great example of how our beliefs lead to a false feeling of certainty or a feeling of certainty that is actually not helpful because the stories about what's going on is, is actually causing our distress. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think that every moment we learn to let go of a little bit of control, which is often just illusory control mm -hmm. and surrender to what is. We're like investing in a cosmic bank account that uh, <laughs> gives us 
um, prepares us for life's uncertainties. Because surrender is a little bit like a muscle, and you have to, you know, use it or lose it. That's right. And we've been talking about uncertainty as uh, something which is um, which causes distress and is something to be avoided. But there really is a huge case to be made and has been made in lots of spiritual circles for uncertainty as actual spiritual um, process, as something desirable. I mean, the, the, the Zen concept of don't know mind is mm, about how mm -hmm. that. Our enlightened mind is the mind that's before ideas or opinions or concepts that are, that give rise to suffering. And, and that conceptual knowledge can't lead to the direct realization of truth or reality. And, and just going a little further, um, I was checking out what Adyashanti had to say about this because as, you know, Everyone knows, I hope, we're fans of Adyashanti. And um, he really talks about uncertainty a lot and about the unknown and how when you enter into the unknown, even if it's by a process of inquiry, asking questions to which there are no answers, that the more you enter into that experience of uncertainty, the more quiet you become. And you connect to that sense of quiet, and it's from that space that that actual deep knowledge arises. And it's like a capacity that's that's dormant in us. And and so when you when you when you embrace uncertainty, and you go, you become more quiet, and you embrace it, and boundaries start to dissolve, and you start to really connect with a deep knowing and and connect with with infinity so it's a kind of stillness that you that you can get to when you embrace that you don't know like beginner's mind i like that term embrace uncertainty yes because that's often so much different than what we normally do and uh, if you can learn to make friends with uncertainty then you have a friend for life. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. And when you just deeply rest in the unknown without trying to escape it, then actually your experience comes becomes huge. It's 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 it becomes vast, and somehow you're connected to a deeper knowing. You're connected to that. I guess you could call it universal consciousness or collective unconsciousness or that that deep wisdom that knows what to do and you you learn to act from there instead of from the worried mind and things well they kind of tend to turn out a little better when you do that yeah even though yeah, things turning out better isn't the goal <laughs> the goal is connecting to that pure consciousness and identifying with it. Well, it is good to know that as you raise your consciousness, it does have some worldly benefits. For example, I was listening to a book uh, called Principles by Ray Dahlia. I don't know if you know who he is. No. Uh, but he's one of maybe the three most successful investors of all time. Ah. Uh, has the largest hedge fund in the world. And uh, he attributes a lot of his success to realizing he didn't know anything. 
Uh, you know, he, that, he goes back to that. Like, you know, a lot of people are certain about this and that. I always hedge every bet because I realize, like, you know, I, whatever my beliefs are, they're not important. Uh, reality does what it does. Markets do what they do. And I'm going to figure out a way, being that I know nothing, how to still succeed. <laughs> and, and really, that's making friends with uncertainty in an external way. And we can learn to do that externally and internally. And it broadens our sense of being because we're not then spending all our time being falsely certain or running away from something which is, which is underlies reality. Mm, so true. Yeah. I love that idea uh, that we don't know anything. Uh, uh, and it, it's true. And we also, you, you know, we also rely upon experts from from when we're kids and we believe our parents know everything and then we realize that they really don't and then when we become experts ourselves and we think we know everything and no in my case though i do so you know <laughs> it becomes it becomes confusing but no well, i'm kidding well in that case you have you have um uh, a good uh, future ahead of you to um, let go of that. Uh, yes, that sense. Many of letting go sessions. Many, many letting goes of knowing. Uh, yeah, but you know, it's natural that we that we want to do that. But the more we realize that we don't know, then the the the, the deeper our experience of actual reality, as opposed to virtual reality, becomes. And that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. I'm somewhat certain about that. I'm somewhat certain about it. Yes, right. And I and I and you know, it's it's where does happiness live? Where you know, is it gonna be found in certainties? Is it gonna be found in the way things happen out there, or is it really within uh, uh, deep within in the ground of being which is connected to all things? I think that's where happiness lives. So if that's what you're after, then then you know, don't look in all the wrong places, as the song goes. Look in and every place. time the world throws uncertainty to you, just take as a message that uh, the powers that be are saying, hey, time to turn within. Yep, embrace uncertainty. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, um, ready to lead people in a guided meditation, unless you have any no, I think this final is perfect, words? Perfect time for that. Okay. So this guided meditation is to help you become friendlier with feelings of uncertainty and perhaps even to make use of them. So make yourself comfortable. And if you can, close your eyes. Take a couple of slow, deep breaths. I'd like you to begin by remembering a time, could be even from today or any time in your life, where you felt a lot of anxiety or uncertainty about your life or a specific situation. Any time where you felt that underlying anxiety, insecurity, uncertainty, whatever you want to call it, 
And as you think about this time, allow yourself to experience the story that ran through your mind. and the feelings that ran through your body. Notice how those two things work together. Your thoughts might have gone a little excited, let's say, with their story, making it seem really dramatic. And that feeds the feelings that you likely felt and perhaps wanted to get away from. So I'd like you to imagine that you could just erase the story that However, you maybe don't have a story, or it was erased, or you just woke up feeling this uncertainty, separate from a story. So you feel insecure, uncertain, anxious, whatever, but there's no story. Notice what that is like. Notice what sensations become prevalent in your body when you feel uncertain. Where do you feel these things? Probably not all over. I, I bet you don't feel uncertainty in your toes. So where do you feel it primarily? And what about it is hard to handle for you? Could you imagine being less resistant to this experience, maybe even welcoming it, or being friends with it, or at least more allowing it to be as it is. As you soften and allow this feeling, notice if it changes in any interesting ways. And whether it changes or not, just create the story that I'm okay with it being here. I can handle 
this feeling of anxiety or uncertainty. My being is big enough to allow even this. And I don't even need to know how it all ends up. Just surrendering to what is one moment at a time. Because you can handle it. It's perfectly safe to feel uncertainty. And the real safety comes from being with what is. But as you sit with uncertainty, sometimes there might be a message, a message of what you might need to do externally to better handle a situation, or a message of what you can do internally to handle your experience. So see if there's anything you need to know or do so you can benefit and handle this uncertainty. Just listen for the next 30 seconds for anything that might feel right. Is there anything to know or do so you can benefit or better handle this uncertainty? And whether you got a message or not, just know that as you take one moment at a time, to not resist, distract, or avoid what is, that you are being led to deepening levels of peace, surrender, and the certainty that peace and the background of awareness is always available no matter what's going on in life. So take your time, as much time as you need, to take this feeling of friendliness towards whatever you're feeling and experiencing and bringing it into your daily life by slowly getting ready to open your eyes and allow reality to unfold however it does.
with you in perfect alignment with it. And I'm certain that will lead to a good outcome. So enjoy your day. Welcome back. I always love watching you, Brian, because uh, you do you do the looks of bliss almost as well as my puppy. <laughs> well, that is the highest compliment. Thank you. Um, I thought that was so wonderful. And the proof of the pudding was in the fact that there were several points along the way that that I got that that kind of chuckle of release that happens when when something like the story or, or you know, just let's go. Yeah. Um, and also, I love the part about the, um, the, the message or the, the knowledge that might come. And, and um, something came to me while listening to it that there are times when you have a problem or you have uncertainty in your life. One of the tricks is knowing when to give it your attention and when to take your attention away. Yeah. And you give it your attention as a fact-finding thing, just, just to find out what's the truth, what's really true, what's not true. Um, and then you take your attention away and allow the eternal wisdom to bubble up to the surface. And that yeah, occurred to me always... during, that, during that part where you asked, you know, where you gave us that space to, to, to allow it to, to come. Good. When you listen, good things happen. Yeah. So, um, so thanks for lots of fun everybody. once again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And you know, the normal things, please tell your friends and family about these things. If you think they'd benefit, we have a donate button. We do awareness coaching. We have a meditate. We have like 40 meditations uh, right. on our website, awarenessexplorers.com. That's right. And we have all of our meditations on the website and on YouTube. And I just, while we're on the meditations, I just want to just say again, if you're feeling in this day and age that that dread of uncertainty, uh, the meditation Jonathan just did is really, really useful and helpful. I would I would return to it whenever you whenever you're feeling that. Yeah, I'm going to use it. I, I'm glad I get to use this stuff myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Anyways, I'm certain that. Uh, our next explorations will be fruitful as well. Certainly. Certainly. So till next time, friends, keep listening and keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. And we'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends. Because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.